This is the Amner Martinez Podcast. Welcome everyone to the Amner Martinez Podcast. My name is Amner Martinez and I am your host. I am an immigrant from Guatemala and I've been a resident of the beautiful state of Iowa since 1995. My professional background is in the staffing and recruiting industry, but my passion lies in the entertainment industry, which I've been doing for the last 12 years. In this podcast, we'll be having some very interesting conversations with some great people in the Des Moines area and beyond about business, about local music, fashion, nonprofit organizations, food, and some culture stuff. So stick around for some great conversations. All right. <laughs> okay. So this is the first episode. I have my friend Kenji here, my Asian techie um, gadget friend. That uh, I want to thank him for helping me put this together. It's been a long time in the making. I've been bugging him a lot. Um, so thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. He's a man. So, um, so for the very first episode, I'm really excited. Uh, like I just said, um, this has been... A long time in the making, and uh, you can uh, imagine how excited I am. So, the first person that we have, uh, the first conversation that I have is with Jeff Bruning. He's a local restaurateur. This guy and a group of his partners own uh, landmarks here in Des Moines. Um, just to name a few, the Royal Mile, the Iowa Tap Room, uh, Funk's Pizza, the Hessen House. I mean, these guys figure something now, so I thought... Let's bring him on and see if he can kind of give us some advice, what he does, his process. We talked about his journey, his beginnings, his struggles. Um, we talked about beer. Uh, he gave us his top uh, um, breweries in Iowa, uh, what he's into, um, the restaurant scene. Um, he's a beer historian. Uh, and what's the next beer to look out for? Uh, and just an overall you know, general conversation that we had about Des Moines and, and uh, inclusivity and and uh, at the end, you know, gives us some advice and some philosophical uh, levels. So hopefully you enjoy this conversation. And again, thank you, Jeff Bruning, for joining me. And here we go. So it's Jeff Bruning, right, Jeff? Br- Bruning. Bruning. Do people get it confused with, like, burning? Well, it's B-R-U, not B-R-B-U-R. You're from Carroll? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Carroll, Iowa. Carroll. Uh, I was born in Carroll, uh, so I'm a native Iowan. Um, my grandparents' family farm is there, um, where my aunt and uncle still live on. And, and so I guess outside of Des Moines, that's where the majority of my family kind of is. The thing about Carroll is it's, it's right in the center of about 250,000 people oh. and it, and, and it's a draw. It's the main area for a lot of people. Um, I grew up Catholic. It was the, it was the high school, all the Catholic parishes fed into that high school from the County. Uh-huh. So it was kind of the center of that. It's also kind of the biggest thing in Western Iowa. Uh, once you get West of, um, 35, uh, till you get to Omaha, um, Sioux City is is big too, but uh, we're we're an hour and forty five minutes from each one of those places, mm-hmm. right between Omaha, Sioux City, and Des Moines, just a hundred miles from each. And it and it's it's always had a pretty thriving community. 
a big uh, farming community. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the one of the wealthier towns in in Iowa. Really? Uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of millionaires per capita. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, and it's a nice. It's clean. It's uh, you know, it's it's kind of like Andy Griffith Mayberry. It's yeah. really kind of a neat and tidy town. It's a it's German. It's pri- primarily German Catholic, uh, Irish Catholic. So you would say you're like in a in the beer industry or are you in the restaurant industry oh you... i got in the restaurant industry by way of the insurance industry i was uh they did some downsizing at an insurance company that's no longer even in des moines so i worked there um but then i was let go uh that fell through ended up uh when i grew up my first job was dishwasher and, and worked in a restaurant all through college um and uh, when that fell through, I had I had an opportunity to work at Buzzard. I got a job in a restaurant, and, mm-hmm. and uh, so I I was in the restaurant re- industry for for five or six years of my life, six or seven, eight years of my life before I got into beer really. Uh-huh. But I had uh, during college, I spent six months in the Wales, and beer is a big deal in in Great Britain, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I kind of got into it then, and and kind of imports and then i kind of moved my way in. and then the next thing you know we were building El bait shop <laughs> you know and then and then yeah. from then on it basically became the beer guy and i've been the beer okay. guy for a decade now yeah uh, maybe 15 years and uh and then uh just recently we last tuesday we brewed our first batch in carroll we have a brewery in carroll um, i partnered in with some people so yeah i mean what's the name of that brewery? Car- carroll brewing carroll brewing okay yeah so it's a kind of a round trip to beer yeah. um, i mean the first beer i ever drank in my life was when i was i think i was like 16 17 mm-hmm. and i was i was pinching my uh nose as i drank it behind <laughs> behind uh yeah yeah behind the place i worked um wasn't my wasn't a my favorite flavor. My first drink ever as on my own, deciding on my own was six on my sixteenth birthday I landed in Acapulco. Okay. And we went to a place called Lalo's and they had two foot tall uh, mixed drinks. So my first drink was, was in Mexico <laughs> as a uh, as a as somebody who could make their own choice. I'm gonna say yeah. as an adult because I was hardly an adult. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, so I've been kind of in and out of the game for quite a bit of time. And now, you know, over half my life, I've spent in the, the restaurant industry. And uh, and beer just became a thing with me. Um, the more I talk to people, um, I realize that there is people that are kind of more like uh, local kind of success stories um, that, you know, I think hopefully there's some kind of relativity. There's some we can relate to some kind of audience like, hey, you know, there's somebody locally that has kind of figured something out that has maybe tapped into a, a mindset that um, that it doesn't have to feel like it's like, oh, well, I'm going to be an actor and Oscar winning actor. Like, of course, mm-hmm. that guy's going to talk to me about inspiration because they've been through a, such a journey. Right. But I think the journeys are all relative, you know, like your journey, um, you know, from Carol to now having a very successful um you know, business or business formula or business, you know, what would a person like you tell somebody that's kind of like, shit, like I'm trying to get something going. Like, so um, sure. it, it's, it, it, that was one of my questions. Like, what is your formula? You know, how, how, if, if you could put it into, into terms, um, 
no. the, the formula is I have no formula. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the thing is, is like, you know, you hear people and they've achieved something and you're like, wow, that's pretty neat that they achieved it. Some people are very diligent, very uh, on point. They have a plan. They had a plan since they were a little kid. Uh, they stuck to it. They sacrificed. They worked towards it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're impressed by, you know, how they got there. Other people, it's given to them. Other people, they uh, they come by it by accident. Um, other people, you know, a tragedy, a trauma, something happens in their lives. Yeah. And then for for other people, I mean, there's a whole I could keep going on there, but for myself, I didn't uh, I didn't have a plan. The only plan I didn't have is to not have a job, and I found myself not having a job. Um, the only plan I didn't have is to have a, not have a girlfriend. I found myself without a girlfriend all within a week, <laughs> well, uh, uh, letting go or leaving. So IMG. there was a there was a pivotal moment then for you. That well, you it was just job. like I had to do something different. So, and then when I realized, so when I went to college, I went to college and I got um, what was called a general studies major, mm-hmm. which was six minors made a major. Okay. And I can't quite remember what all the minors were. I can tell you that history is one, uh, uh, natural science was one, politics was one, um, fine art was one, uh, religion was one, mm-hmm. and I'm missing one. But oh, I think it was uh, literature. Mm-hmm. Basically, I just wanted to go to school for what I like to do. And mm-hmm. I guess maybe that's my formula to a point. I just want to do what I like to do, but not everyone yeah. gets to do that. Yeah. But I suppose I live the 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 love what you do and you never work a day in your life kind of yeah. thing. But yeah. uh, there's a lot of people that want to you know love what they do, but they don't make enough money to make it, so they have to go get a job they didn't want to get, you know, or or whatever. I got lucky enough to be in something that worked. Um, it didn't so, work perfect, but so you kind of landed at Buzzer Billy's. And then uh, you and a couple other guys kind of put this. Within a year and a half of being at Buzzer Billy's, uh, I was the general manager of Buzzer okay. Billy's. Uh, there was some lucky. Well, I don't want to say it wasn't. It wasn't lucky. It was some bad things happened that ended up forcing out the people that were in charge. Okay. Put me in charge. Uh huh. Within a within a half year of that, we were talking about doing um, doing a place, uh, the Royal Mile. And, okay. Uh, that started to come around, and and within six months of opening the Royal Mile in two thousand one, we thought about, wow, this isn't going to work, you know. So it Th- wasn't like a this success. Isn't going to work. Isn't going to work. Yeah, we we're we have we had sales there that were just horrid, uh, smaller than what we do at the library. Uh-huh. Um, we we do a lot better at the library, and which is entirely too tiny. Compared, yeah, that's compared cr- yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both like. I but think a, you can fit two two libraries. Oh, maybe even three, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, probably three. But, uh, you know, so it, it didn't work all out so well. But then, you know, we were doing – the thing is, is we – I kind of have this thing in life that I never want to do something like everyone else is doing. I never want to have the same shoes. I never want to – I don't want to get into and join the crowd, you know, on everything. I mean – Craft beer is a perfect example. When we rolled out craft beer at the bait shop in uh, 05, I think, mm-hmm. or 06, yeah. 06, people were, people were not – that wasn't their thing. They, didn't, they weren't into craft beer. You know beer. what? To be honest, that was one of the first bars that I went to that I saw this, like, roll of, like, hundreds of beers. And I'm like, 
and I, at that time, I you know I was drinking Corona, you know. And yeah, it was a severe leap of faith, you know. I mean, right now for me, uh, soccer is something that so craft beer people really liked. I knew that mm-hmm. they just didn't. It wasn't a big thing around here. Mm-hmm. Soccer people really love. It's their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, over a billion fans. It's obvious that it's going to be a, a thing. Mm-hmm. A lot more than even craft beer, sure. uh, because it's not. Y- you can craft beer can go away as a business, but soccer's not going to go away yeah. as a passion for people. I mean, you still have it's, all you need is a ball. <laughs> yeah, and and so I've been getting behind that and wanting to really champion that recently. And so you know, I've just kind of picked the things I like. I've also got started to get back into. I think actually really get into it for real. Um, brown spirits, whiskey rum okay uh and those sorts of things it's just things that interest me i guess i've always wanted to do things that interest me do you me. feel that that puts you like ahead of the curb i think if i find something that interests me that i realize that not anyone's doing or doing well or really doing it all then if it works then i then it can really work because I'm kind of the only one. In the is it one of those like Belichick moments where like if it works, I'm a genius, and if it doesn't work, then I, did I well, <laughs> you know, there's tons of things that haven't worked. I have, I yeah. could, I could, we could spend the whole time talking about things that didn't work, but I don't, I don't worry about it too long. And that's me. another thing that people should know, right? Like it's okay to fail. You like failing is part of the process. Well, the thing about failing is, is that you know for sure one thing that that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. You, you, you know, we when you. When you try for things and they don't work out, you you can dwell on it and and think that that's just it, or you can, or you can just go, okay, don't do that anymore, and that's what I do. I, I've gotten lucky to the point where I've almost feel a little overdone. I feel like I've done too much and I need to really back it off. So, you know, I'm trying my best not to do more things, but every day there's an opportunity to to do things but maybe the thing should be not for money just for to just to do them so i'm trying to work that out so was there moments i mean i know with the festival that we do it sometimes i'm there was a few times that i can think of that i'm like you know i don't know why i'm doing this like it's (laughs) it's a lot of stress it's a lot of energy it's but then you know uh the festival gets done that year and then there's this huge fulfillment feeling like ah you know like really good so was there I mean, I'm sure there's, there's been moments there, where you're like, F this. Like. There's a lot of those. I mean, there's one of those this morning. It's like, well, what makes me happy? I mean, is this like this stuff really making me happy? To yeah, do yeah, All yeah. this stuff. And, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think people have more, get more happiness out of doing, but that kind of takes away from just being. And yeah. we are human beings, not human doings. So. Yeah. I'm trying really hard just to be happy with the way things are, the, just the way they, you know, just to be what the, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Instead of um, trying to fill the day with different things, you know. But uh, if I'm going to do something that I want to do, I want to do something that I want to take part in. And, and the, the music festival you talked about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, getting involved in the community uh, so in different, I, my own ways, not politically or not anything. Just sure just get to meet the people that actually, you know, it's crazy to know all the people that are, are to get to meet some of the people that live in the same town I do. And, yeah. And, and, and you think the one is small and you're like, Oh, I know. Everybody. And then you go into a 
another place and you're like i don't know anybody well yeah the thing about des moines is it's like if you go to the suburbs which isn't des moines at all but if you go to the suburbs yeah everything's pretty much the same you can mm -hmm. go to any sub you can go to ankeny and it's no different than waukee mm -hmm. yeah and but they'll tell you till they're blue in the face that it's totally <laughs> something totally different culturally and all these different yeah, yeah, things yeah. they have you know and it all boils down to is our high school team is better yes. than yours or whatever or we have two high schools and it's pretty uh it's pretty dry mm -hmm. uh but when you go into Des Moines, you realize that we're multicultural, yeah. uh, multilingual, uh, from tons of different backgrounds and and interesting uh, people with interesting ideas. And that's the thing that I've pushed so hard for so long and to my detriment because I kind of bash the suburbs. But <laughs> I mean, the suburbs to me are just like a safety place for people. It's yeah. a safe place to come in when you move in from the country and you yeah. don't really want to move to the city. Or, it's like the middle. Yeah, and you uh, can't uh, possibly raise kids in the Des Moines. So you gotta be out in you know windy roads. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Out in the suburbs, and and everything has to be brand new, and there's no yeah. struggle. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just it's just it's it's just so it's like you know when you be, when you get a house they they just paint it a an easy color for anyone to. You know, they don't, mm -hmm. you're not going to go into a neighborhood and go, I'm going to paint my house red so that that'll sell quicker. No, you, you painted a safe color. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah, kind of yeah. what the, I think that's kind of what the suburbs are. They're just a safe color. I, I don't know. I just think I've achieved success by wanting to be in the different places and do things that interest me and, to, and to not conform and be I mean, there's some risk of, to that too right i'm just like any other business yeah i mean we could have opened see the thing is when we opened the royal mile there were you had a choice it was do you want to buy an existing bar kind of an established dive bar call it um you know kind of a little bit of a rundown which i really love that's my yeah. favorite kind yeah uh you could go and do a uh dance club where you know yeah you, where you, a meat market they call them or hookup place or wherever it's <laughs> yeah dead, yeah you know? yeah you go to that or you could go to or you could have a sports bar and then mm -hmm. that was it that beyond that there was no imagination in this town but probably not in too many places yeah there weren't there weren't thematic bars now yeah. now they're everywhere yeah, at yeah, one yeah. time i'm like oh no one's catching on to this and now yeah, yeah, yeah. now there's a place called the operating room in west yeah. des moines and, yeah. and it's just really neat yeah um and uh, you know there's up down and which is another arcadey yeah, arcade yeah, yeah. bar but then there's really done really well with music venues and mm -hmm. and people have uh you know con brought their own flavor and now they're bringing in you know kind of you know they go to bigger cities and they want to introduce that to the Moines. and sometimes that kind I mean, of in that, for in, me, but you know in a way if if uh, um you know people like you that push the envelope a little bit then it kind of i feel like if it kind of forces everybody else to be like, okay, so that's doable, you know, and then they, then that, I think that's why the yeah, last 10 I, years have been like a boom of, well, and now we're just seeing that anything's, do everyone feels anything's doable. If you yeah. have an idea, you can do it. They have no, you know, they have no sense of what they're, uh, what they're actually trying to do. I think, I think they just like, they, just cause you have a passion for something doesn't mean that it equals into an idea. Yeah. You know, uh, and this isn't, this is more of a thought, continuing a thought from just a little bit ago, but, you know, we had within a, how things are just popping up within like a month or two, two Brazilian steakhouses yeah. and, and, a, and a Peruvian yes. uh, place opened up, two within like walking distance of each other. Yes. T to me, that's really neat. What does that tell you? Yeah. But, but that's really neat, but it just, 
it also seems like piling on. I think like there's a time when every other restaurant that opened was a sushi place in town. Yes. And so it's like to me, it's unoriginal to a point. And I'm not saying that the Brazilian or the Peruvian thing is unoriginal. Yeah. I'm just saying at least the ones, at least the Brazilian seemed a little bit polished. And I thought that kind of was sort of a thing that was sort of passed. Mm hmm. I don't know, you know, you saw those a lot, you know, a decade ago in other markets, but I don't know. Yeah. It just is, to me, strange. Uh, but I, there's I also an Argentinian restaurant that opened up. That's what I meant. Um, I say Peruvian, but Argentinian. Well, Peruvian, there's, there's, oh, a there's Peruvian an Argentinian too. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's this like whole like Latin, uh, uh, Southern, what, South American. Uh, which is super cool, by uh, the way. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not the same as the place that opened with the i mean the salvadorian place the pupusas you yeah, know yeah yeah like Salvador Whereas, del mundo down on second avenue is that yeah I mean? so this is where they're you know it's a family and they put something together of yeah things that they saw but they also worked at the farmer's market i think it's the same yes. people and they tried and tried it and see how it goes now it's hey this person has a pile of money <laughs> and we're just going to open up this high finish polished nice restaurant yeah. that just seems so out of context for it it's not organic and that's i mm -hmm. think the thing that we've had so much luck with is anything we've ever done is we've never come up with a purely purely original idea and if we have it's a rarity um but um but what we have done is taken a, a an idea a small idea or a bunch of ideas and put them together into something that uh, was original to moyne to des moines mm -hmm. But it didn't come out of nowhere. It was born out of some kind of reality. What's interesting to me is that your bars have different concepts, different or restaurants, uh, different concepts. Uh, usually, if you have a formula or if one has a formula of a restaurant, they just kind of stamp it and then they go do it again. So like, which is a chain. Well, like, yeah, legends uh, or just. Yeah, yeah. Or... So what was the thought behind that? Like, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we've done a little bit with Fong's and I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's any more Fongs after the one that's opening up in a week or two mm -hmm. in the Drake area. Uh, the one in Ankeny? Ankeny and then Cedar the Rapids. Oh, okay. So, um, but it also is kind of the most kind of, let's call it franchisable. Sure, sure, uh, sure. But we've had, I think I've been asked to open a bait shop or a High Life in, in the suburbs two dozen times yeah, at, yeah. at minimum. And there's no way I want to do that because... All to me, it seems like as a thing just to try to get money. Yeah. And, and you look like that, and then that turns pe people off. Yeah, people don't understand it when I say that. They, they're they like, well, yeah, isn't that why you do it? It's like, no. I, I, I think money is like the third thing I sure, yeah. why I do all this stuff. I always say money is a happy accident. Our success has been a happy accident. It was yeah. not. I wasn't trying to. I, I, was, I was hoping for the success of the idea, but not for the sure. success of me, I sure. guess. So. You know, my third, my first most important thing, I suppose, is that I get to do what I what I love, and the second, really close, is that I can. That works with my family, you know. Yeah. Uh, or or uh, flip flop. I don't, you know. At what point, you know, after you decide to go into business with like Buzzer Billy's and start out, you know, in Roy Mile, like, at what point did you were, did you feel like, all right, I'm onto something. Like this could be something. You know, the Royal Mile, it was really hectic. Like I say, within six months, we were we were doing half the sales we did the first month we were open, and it was a little dicey. So there wasn't very much fun then. Mm -hmm. uh, two years later, 
two or three, you know, in 2004 to five, I think is how it works. Mm-hmm. We opened three places in, in 13 months. And as those started to come together, as the High Life uh, came online, as the uh, Red Monk, we got to do the Red Monk. The Hessen House was really, the Hessen House did really well. Yeah. Uh, once the bait shop came on, even the bait shop struggled because it was an idea before its time in some ways. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, but they all started, you know, it all started to kind of gel. Uh, the library uh, was an opportunity um, for us that, you know, was a struggle. You know, about one one or two or three of them have been just killer ideas, maybe four. Uh, I think the, uh, the Hessen House did really well, mm-hmm. um, but it had its struggles. The Fongs did exceedingly well. High Life did really well. And uh, the Iowa Tap Room has killed it, too. But all the other ones, I mean, we had a grocery store that went out of business that we just didn't work. Uh, we had mullets. Uh, we sold that off. It didn't okay. quite fit. Um, we had uh, shorties we had to let go, which I feel like is still pretty good and still open today. Okay. Um, but we had Sabraco, a wine bar, which was way outside of the scope of anything. I mean, right. I, I, no saw, I that. saw that when, when I was reading, like, which ones, and then, and then it said, like, a wine the yeah. uh, concept kind of thing i'm going to a wine event in chicago and it's by small producers i have more of a passion for small producers and small businesses than i than i care about the liquid they're making but i've had it and it's good but it tastes everything always tastes better when there's a face yeah serving it to you that that put their heart and soul into it so i'm excited about doing that but for the most part generally speaking the wine industry is something that's as i have no desire to be a part of <laughs> i mean i think it's yeah i think it's an okay thing but yeah. i've never had like i already drank enough beer so let me touch on a little something and i wanted to ask you like a fun question about beer i guess but so you have to know when to also like drop something right mm-hmm. like you said that shorties and uh, the grocery store um, and since not, it's not money that, that, you know, you said is your driving force, what, what was the things that, and not a specific, but just like, is there sometimes you just gotta be like, you know what, this is not working. Not, it's not, I'm not passionate about it. Or like what? It, yeah. I think it's mostly that I'm not passionate about it. Cause some things, like I said, uh, weren't working, but we made it work. I mean, the bait shop wasn't working and I had extreme passion for it and turned it into an international, mm-hmm. uh, success mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. A lot of people from around the world know of us. Really? Yeah. So I probably pushed way past where I needed to be on it. Uh, the Royal Mile, I didn't, you know, it was either that or go back to working in an insurance company. Yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. my passion lied in not letting that go. But, yeah. uh, uh, it's, you know, a wine bar, we owned the building. It was bleeding. You know, we were making good money at other places and it was taking away from it. Sure. And uh, I think it hurt us. I think anytime we've done something where not everyone's behind it, like mullets, it, it, it flounders. Uh, Sabraco was that way. Uh, to try to save Sabraco, we had a place called the Levy that was short lived. It didn't do well. Okay. Uh, you know, grocery store, it made no sense. Um, I, I realized, I realized that, um, a few things. I was saying this for a while. I said, if, if time was gold and money was silver, I'd rather have more gold. Mm-hmm. But then I fall, fell on a quote from Warren Buffett that made, made a lot of sense to me he said uh, that he says the difference between successful people and really successful people is really successful people say no way more times than they ever say yes yeah mm-hmm. and so i've started to do that where 
I'm only going to do something that I, I it makes sense for me. Because um, at some point the engine has like you have to have the to any project or anything you got you, you got to have the engine to go through the whole ups and downs, right? Well, and yeah, and it has to have an the idea has to be so good that it can live without you. Because if it can't live without you, then it's not that great of an idea. Because I'm only one person and I could only have one place then. Yeah. But, uh, um, so so it's not just coming up with an idea. And it's not just developing the idea, and it's not just putting the idea into the world. It's also having an idea that can live outside of you, yeah, beyond you. Because if it can't, if there's not other people that are getting behind it, then, like I say, that's all you're going to be able to do. Yeah. And you're going to have to go back to it and work on it. And so I've decided I'm not getting involved with anything I don't believe in. And I'm also not getting involved with anything that I don't have a, a larger ownership in. I'm not just getting in just to put my couple dollars. Sure, sure, sure. Get sure. a little piece of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so let's let me ask you. Let's change it a little bit. Um, uh, for the the beer fans, like, so, what's the process behind like you guys picking the beers? I mean, it's a long list of beers. Even you, you guys have like the uh, limited edition mm-hmm. menu, like, uh, at specifically at the Iowa Tap Room. Um. At the Iowa Tap Room and the Bait Show. And the Bait Show. Okay, so how we're um, what's the process like? Who picks the beers? Like, what's the whole? Um, there was a time where, again, I it was over the last few years that I realized that I'm trying to be a control freak and try to drive the bus too much. When I had people that really liked what they did and they liked picking the beer and they liked the job. Mm-hmm. So now I have somebody at the Iowa Tap Room that pretty much autonomously. St- buys and takes care of all the beer programs it decides which one goes goes okay. on and uh and then i have one person mostly she takes care of all the bait shop now that said we also have, we've been doing this for long enough especially at the bait shop we've had like five thousand different beers and, and yeah uh, we know wow. what sells we've we've had you know some of the beers come back around and like oh we've had that before and it sold great so order yeah. some yeah and then there's other ones that we've known didn't do well, and and so we just and then we also want to have a blend, and we know kind of during what time of the year it sells, sure. and so it's kind of a there's a lot of so you gotta kind of have to have like a little it's like the dot it's like your uh, board here you you can adjust it a zillion different ways, yeah. but you want to try to get it right so that yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. most people can hear what you're saying yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and uh, so we. We do that, you know, and then there's other things where we have opportunities and you take a chance. Like we have a new beer coming that's going to be coming out this week or it's going to be coming out next week. It, it gets released at the brewery that made it on, on Saturday. Uh, Barntown Brewing made a beer called El Bake Shop. Okay. So we all went and helped make it. It has uh, cinnamon and uh, graham, graham cracker, uh, uh, vanilla, Madagascar vanilla, cinnamon rolls we put inside. Uh-huh. So it's this whole big to-do, uh, big stout. Yeah. And that'll come out. I was like, well, we got to buy four of those just because. I mean, if, if they're great, we'll want to wish we even had When you say four, them. like four? Four sixthels, uh, five-gallon cakes. So 20, okay. 20, a little over 20, 20 gallons. Okay. About 20 and a half gallons. <clears throat> and so we'll take a chance on those. Sure. But we also know that the brewery is good. So that's the other thing is we work with the brewery. Okay. The brewery has done good stuff, and the idea sounds good. We sight unseen. Other times we have to taste what we're going to be putting on if we don't. If if it doesn't meet up the standards, we just won't buy it. And we do that a lot. And uh, there's been a lot of beers that that we shouldn't have bought. 
there's been a lot more that was a good idea that we bought. We, you know, we should have bought more. You know? uh, so what? So El Bake Shop, that's what they call it, right? El, mm -hmm. El Bake Shop. So what's the next like beer that people should be looking for? That's uh, that you would you would predict like this beer, this flavor, oh, this taste. I think on the. I was on a conversation yesterday with my friend in St. Louis, and he and I were talking, and I, I think we both agree that the next new flavor of beer is beer flavor. <laughs> like, just <laughs> just, just plain Just a good beer. old beer. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned you drank Corona. I mean, something along those lines, maybe not exactly Corona. Mm -hmm. not You know, Corona, so to, to move away from the blip that is uh, on the radar of beer history, the factory-made beer. Factory-made beer has only been on the planet for about 120 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm talking Budweiser, uh, uh, Corona, Modelo. Sure. Uh, Coors Light and, and those things. Um, they, uh, they've only been around for a short while, but uh, the, the, other, the things that have been around forever, millennia, you know, um, many 10,000 years is, sure. uh, is small producers making different kinds of beer. Um, I will say the one thing that overrides through both of them, though, is, is when lager came out in the 1880s, I think, or uh -huh. 1870s, they came out with a, a lager type beer, this clear beer, um, lower in alcohol, store, you know, able to store and move around a lot. And I think that's really the future is um, a light beer that's that you can have more than one. And, okay. And it's, you know, it's made by people you know and 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 um, not sold you because the they came up with a Super Bowl commercial, you know. Okay, okay. So and like I, full I think, circle almost like I think so because I think some of you people I think people are getting a little kind of worn out. The other thing is is ninety three percent or so of beer drinkers don't drink craft beer. Yes. It's yeah. only driven by seven to eight percent of the, the community. Maybe it's gone up. I mean I haven't looked at those stats for a while, but even if it's only ten percent that's still very low. Ninety percent of them drink anyway. Budweiser, Bud Light, Bush, Miller, Light. Yeah. Bush. Yeah, 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 yeah. Madela is one of the fastest growing beers in yeah. America right now. Uh, those sorts of things. So, yeah, they, that's, I think. So you think the you next wanna, beer is like just a, another. It's what we're going to be brewing beer. at our brewery. We're going to be brewing beer, a light lager. We're going to be trying okay. for those folks. We're going to make the other beers too, um, but that doesn't mean you can't do all these different things. I'm just saying yeah. what you're going to sell in volume. Yeah. My friend down in, uh, down in uh, St. Louis, their main beers are are copies like kind of their own craft brewery versions of a bush light from 1960 and a bud and a budweiser from 1910 oh okay so you know they're they're moving in that direction they believe in that but they're also you know uh, to speak of them though they're they're urban chestnut they're coming out with uh clear malt beverages which fermented uh you see these flavored soda waters and uh, they put in their and put in their uh, beer um, or put in their basically beverage. So you're going to have CBD beers. You'll have they're also doing a distillery. So you might have mixed cocktails in a can, which isn't beer at all. Um, but uh, they have a thing called hop water, which is water flavored with hops and different flavors. And and uh, they're coming out with a whole portfolio of things that aren't beer. But their their main focus has always been just straight up making good quality German style beer. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Maybe maybe it's hard to answer. Maybe not. But which brewery in Iowa would you put at number one? 
Or like, like, give me your top five, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, and that's how I would do it anyway, and that's what I have been doing. I would say that um, Topping Goliath is makes the most beer. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't sell the most beer in the state, though. That's Exile. Um, Exile does a great job. Confluence. Uh, single Speed out of Waterloo. Big Grove out of Iowa City. Um, back Pocket number six out of uh, Coralville, and then hopefully maybe Carroll Brewing. And the reason I put all those together is they are well-run businesses. Well, I hope ours is going to be well-run businesses or seemingly well-run back pockets finally making a turn that ha- that make beer. Not really great breweries that, that uh, are in the beer business. Sure. Because – the biggest problem with uh, most of the breweries in the state of Iowa is that they, they, they didn't put it together as a business, and um, they put it together as a passion, and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, there's some issues that, that come up over time when, uh, you know, over the, you know, I was thinking the first year, everything's so, everything's so great, and everyone's so excited. Their brewery did five, seven times better than they thought it would do, and everything's mm-hmm. going well, but... It's so small. They started out. They t- didn't. They didn't take a big leap. And uh, the second year, it's kind of a starts to be kind of a their hobby, their passion has kind of become a turned into a job, unlike it was in the first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the third year, you're trying to struggle with that idea. And, and are you going to get bigger? Are you, how are you going to do this? You have to pay people. Now you're getting bigger. What are you going to do? And and meanwhile, you still have the job that you had when you started not at the brewery. I mean, most people that have breweries don't just work at their brewery. Yeah. Rarely do they. Um, and when you have to do two different jobs, especially the one where it pays the bills and then yeah. the other one turns into a job, it starts to, you, you watch them fade. They, they get, they, they, it's about a, it's about a two to four year trajectory. And then, and then something's got to give. And, uh, I've watched it so many times that it kind of you can almost set your clock. By so it. you almost have to learn how to like evolve with the business and not lose the passion in order to be like a long term thing, right? Well, you have to actually just say I want to own a brewery or I want to or I want to I like beer. And yeah. just because you like beer doesn't mean you should own a brewery. It's not a money making venture if you're doing it on a limited budget mm-hmm. and small. Mm-hmm. And I think people fall into that, and I think they turn. There's a point where they resent what they have their brewery, and and uh, you know, and then in five years, the fifth year, you start to see breweries drop off, and we've had breweries close over the last little bit. So yeah, so Toppling Goliath, then you would put them at one, or did you put them all in group? Well, they're like, like one with an asterisk because I think they sell seven thousand barrels, seven seven thousand barrels in the state of Iowa, but they do like thirty four thousand. They're they're critically acclaimed. They're nationally internationally known. Yeah. Their breweries their beers available in fifteen states, I think. Okay. So uh, they're distributing it really good too. Every other brewery I, I mentioned in that list are only available in Iowa and uh, they they have a good business and they're they're ramping up and but they, they I don't think any of them have this ambition to go outside of the state sure um and i think i think that they're going to do fine there's the kind of businesses i mean if you go to confluence uh there's just people everywhere working i mean there's a lot they employ a lot of people yeah they do a great job now that's just the one i was at recently i know exile does the same 
I don't get out there Big Grove, but and uh, Waterloo. But if you if you get a chance, those two breweries are really spectacular. Yeah. Really neat. And uh, Back Pocket was one of, was the first big brewery in the state, and they kind of fell on a little bit of hard times, but they've corrected a lot of things, and, and they uh, they're coming back around. So. Yeah, it's hard. To, you can't really put. I mean, I mean, if you just want to rank them by how much beer they put sure, out, sure, yeah, then yeah, you yeah. can do that, and that, and then it would be Topping Goliath, Exile Confluence, um, and I think they all kind of run in that. Well, they're also how long they've been around. Um, would you say like any given day, either one of them can be at the top, and the other one can be? In yeah, and then being place. at the top is meaningless because the sure. amount of beer they make is so little compared to what other breweries make okay. that it's just. I mean, it, to to be number one is wasting time that's the other thing sure. they don't really consider where they're at in all this it's more where are they at compared to where they were at last year for their own selves and what are they you know what, like quality what, wise like the quality uh, but also quantity and what they're trying to accomplish i think sure all of them have a very good sense of where they want their businesses to go yeah so that's kind of cool so i heard that the booming uh the boom of the breweries and the brewing business happened um or it was held by like a law that that was in place that was moved, which is the the tolerance level was allowed higher here in Iowa. And uh, that's yeah, when the alcohol they raised the alcohol. It was it was doing okay, but in 2010 when they changed the law from six to six and a half percent to fifteen percent, um, that made it a lot easier for the. It made it easier for the breweries of course to make beer but then it also made it easier for distributorships to bring in beer because a lot of beer is over six and a half okay I mean, okay ipa from confluence is seven percent yeah so you know you just don't have have the, the the ability to the business if you don't have the other companies coming into the state and you don't have the state being able to brew it it makes the state kind of a off the radar for so that helped right so that helped the boom oh quite a bit yeah and then there's this big boom in the last few years but you just said um a little bit ago you've seen some breweries or like well close. it used to be yeah now it's like i don't know what the numbers are but you're, you're seeing like one in six breweries close one one for six open one close uh, is there is there is there a cap is there a ta like on this boom it's where and i guess the question is do you where do you see this brewing not just breweries but you know, places like the Iowa Tap Room and the Bay Shop, is there a cap where, like, there's one, too many? Is it going to be a little bit too many? Oh, I don't think that's a – no, I don't believe that that's a thing. I I believe that some people believe that's a thing, but uh, the deal is is no one's ever asked uh, the question, you know, do we have too many muffler shops? Do we have, sure. too, many, do we have any, too many uh, McDonald's in town? Do we have yeah. too many grocery stores? You know, when you have too many, then they go out of business, and – and when there's more than less of something, then there's competition. Yeah. And you see better quality. No one ever says, do you think we have enough, uh, you know, restaurants? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's some obvious times where people open a restaurant they shouldn't have. Sure. You know, but uh, no one's saying, you know, well, maybe we'd be better off if we had less restaurants. It just says, it, it, I know it makes people want to say and think those things, but I don't believe that, that yeah. it's worth considering i i do think you know the more that they're in the market the more you have to decide is it worth getting into the market yeah and i think that the days of a brewery being able to be you know all 50 states in america i'm not going to say that never happen again but it's so unlikely that it'll ever happen again that uh it'll be pretty impressive if somebody ever accomplishes that so yeah. 
think things are the reason I think you could have a lot more breweries. Uh, we're at seven thousand something right now. You could go to ten thousand. Really. The reason I think you could easily do that is because breweries were always a local, hyper local thing. It was, you know, beer's perishable and it can only go so far without refrigeration. Yeah. So you can have, just like you can have a bar in an area that serves beer and, and, and liquor and food, you can have a brewery do the same thing in that, yeah. in that space. So, but it's not going to be where it's going to be so big that it'll even leave the borders of the town it's in yeah tell me a little bit about what's like your latest um where are you getting behind oh yeah um yeah so i was at uh la que buena uh-huh. um so we recorded four commercials uh oh okay you know donde nuestra casa su casa at el bait shop oh okay you know, and that's kind of the theme is that we're uh we've always no one's ever felt unwelcome i i hope in any of our places but not necessarily has everyone been invited so um when i talked to darwin mm -hmm. and talked around you know working with goise and you and, mm -hmm. and some of the community and he let me know in the last not that long uh it, the span the hispanic population mm -hmm. has gone from 50 to 200,000 in, yeah. in des moines mm-hmm uh, in the Des Moines area, and I even asked that to the CVB, the Convention Visitors Bureau, and they said they did a housing. They were at a housing study, and they said that that those numbers are bared out. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's like when my it's it's sort of like what I've said is when my interests align with with uh, what makes sense, mm -hmm. uh, then I want to do it. And well, my interests are getting involved in the in the Hispanic community. Mm -hmm. Um. There's a lot of correlations, and I've actually recently, you know, when asked, you know, I don't get asked because I'm a white guy in Iowa, but <laughs> but I want to make it, I'm going to act as if I were asked, and I'm going to say I'm, I'm fifth-generation German-American, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm first-generation off the farm. I'm yeah. not that separated from, I mean, I am separated, I can be as separated as I want to be, but there's, if you say... When I was growing up, if you were on the farm, you weren't you weren't uh, as respected as people who didn't grow up on a farm, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So and so and I grew up Catholic, so there's a lot of correlations for me uh, to the Hispanic community. Uh -huh. uh, I and 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 if you really want to dig into it and, and everything, to, you know, when it's not immediate, then it doesn't seem like a thing. Yeah, but. Uh, for half the time that my families were in America, they weren't wanted here. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the late 1800s, they came because uh, they were trying to they were trying to constrict them into the uh, German army or the Prussian or whatever. Uh -huh. There wasn't any more places for anyone to get a job. Um, so that's why we saw a lot of people from Europe come over. Mm -hmm. uh, we we uh, during World War One and World War Two, you know. If your family spoke German, they you know, they soon quit, stopped talking German because yeah. you were you were hated. Yeah. Uh, during Prohibition, Germans were pointed at as the drunks, as the yeah. worst people at all, all at all. You know, and so, and I just I don't. Unfortunately, that's just how this country seems to work. And so, when I look at that, and then I think of all the great people that I've worked with uh, at all my places, and all the great people I've got to know. 
majority are from Mexico, but mm-hmm. then that's the thing. The more you want to pay attention, the more you realize that they're not. You don't just go, hey, it's September 16th, uh, Mexican, you know, ha- yeah. ha- happy Mexican Independence Day. You got to go, well, are, are you from Mexico? Or, yeah, you know, sometimes yeah, yeah. you're from Honduras or, yeah. or Guatemala or whatever, you yeah, know, yeah, 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 or yeah. anything, you know, like Goisi's from Colombia. And, yeah. And, um, so, so you get, but then you start to realize, and then you, then you talk to people who are blonde hair and blue eyed and they're, you know, and they're Hispanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first saw of that is in Spain, and I know it's a little bit different, but uh, this girl's family was from Belgium, but they lived in Spain for two generations, and I'm yep. like, how can that be? You know, and so you start to realize that we're all, you know, it's just everyone's all And they the hate it, too. Like, if, if you see, like, a, a, you know, Mexican that's got, you know, white skin, blue eyes, they're like, you don't look Mexican. And they're like, what am I supposed to look like? For whatever reasons, a lot of a lot of Hispanic families stay closer to home. Yeah. And live within near where they're at. They all work and have money to spend. Yeah. And uh, when you're in third generation, uh, uh, let's just say Mexican-American, you're not really considering if you're going to send money back to Mexico. Yeah, anymore. you're you know, spending you're it here, here. And you yeah. have, and you have, and you're going to college. And, you know, I was also the first off the farm, but I was also first to go to college. I mean, yeah. there's, there's so many, if you, if you just take a little bit, we're, we're, we're all very similar. Yeah. And so, so I was like, well, if there's all these people making all this money, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. And it's only increasing. I like soccer, which is just kind of almost like the bridge perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I got to meet Darlow. And then the next thing you know, I'm recording uh, <laughs> commercials on his radio. Yeah. And then as I was recording, I was like, well, I feel more comfortable recording at uh, iHeartMedia. So I recorded them there. And they were kind enough to let me uh, send those over to Darwin. But uh, but I was like, well, I'm going to do that. And, you know, I feel a little bit bad about using their equipment. But then mm-hmm. I was like, why am I not playing these? So I'm playing these um, – Primarily Spanish language commercials on traditional oh, or whatever yeah, you want to call on 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 predominant you know <laughs> on uh, on KXNO sports oh radio. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> so you know, and it says you know it says El Beach up at the front at the end. It sure, says our sure. address, you know, but uh, in the middle, it's all the only person that you know. Fernando uh, is saying everything in a really thick uh, English accent. English accent. So he's <laughs> oh my like god, cheeseburgers and you know. <laughs> <laughs> and on That's you know awesome. so it's really kind of funny uh and so you get the point you get like what we have sure. who we are yeah and you remember it yeah and you talk about it and that's yeah. the point of a, a commercial so i was like well this is genius so so i wanted to partner in with them but then with him on that but then i realized that darwin's involved with dc uh, or uh, des moines united yeah um the futsal and he's involved they're gonna have like a, a, a soccer game uh against um the menace. So they're gonna get like a bunch of all the best players out of like all oh, the yeah. Latino teams, and then they're gonna make like a superstar team, and they're gonna have them play against Menace, which I'm interested to see how um, that plays yeah, out that, because Menace is kind of like semi-pro. Yeah, I know. We'll see. I don't know, but I can say um, it's just all these things I like. I mean, I like I like the food. I like the culture. There's very similar things. I like soccer. I I, I haven't had. It hasn't been many times, but I've been in backyard barbecues at sure. people's homes. Yeah, it's those like are the super best, man. Fun, right? Got are the best. Yeah, and so, you know, I'm just like, 
why, why wouldn't I get involved with this? But it just so happens that there is an opportunity to make money. Too, sure. You know? I mean, it's like, you know, and, and I'm not saying that that's the only, I'm not doing it only for that, but it's once again, it plays into it. It's like the third it's a side part effect of the reason. Will, it's a yeah, happy yeah. accident. That yeah, 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 yeah. I may be able to, uh, it's just so happens that that could be a possibility. Um, and quite honestly, there has to be some sort of, motivator also and yeah. money is a good motivator just in, in of the fact that uh it keeps it keeps your uh, wife happy yeah or it keeps your or it keeps your it business keeps partners them, happy it, you know? it keeps them making it look like it's not a hobby but it's well, a, it's yeah. a it's a cool it's thing like that you're, you're spending doing. money through your business and your partners are going why are you doing this? yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah you got to show a return or you well, can't do it That's but the thing. you know I'm it's very interesting because you know the so your approach is very uh, genuine and and, and uh, you kind of want to fulfill some interest that you have personally. But I mean, if you um, look at any Spanish channel, you see State Farm commercial in English, and it's exactly the it's, exact same yeah. in justice in Spanish. Like the same storyline, the same father that you know, or the mayhem guy, or like McDonald's, or I mean, these big companies they know that there's well, yeah, they're, there's they're, they're, they. They know that people still need to drive in cars. Yeah, and they, yeah, they yeah. know they still have to have insurance. And, yeah. And then uh, sometimes when they don't know or they don't pay attention, that's what Darwin does too is he sold, I think, 2,500 uh, point-of-sale systems to uh, Hispanic restaurants. So yeah. when you go in and, and I can only imagine if I sold uh, you know, the computer for a, a restaurant to, to use and I didn't, speak in, I didn't speak Spanish and I tried to sell it to him. Yeah. That'd be quite difficult. Well, he saw an opening there and that's where he did uh, really well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's also where you see an opportunity even inside of what you do. It's an untapped for, for somebody that's not, uh, you know, wanting to approach it. It's an untapped mar market. You know, there's money. Well, and then when he said he showed me he did that, I'm like, well, I want to do that. <laughs> well, I wouldn't do well, that. you know i want to like you know and i like would say is there's less and less uh you know I, I i can feel it's i'll never feel it totally but i can feel there's a decline in uh in patrons mm -hmm. there's a decline in uh the opportunities that may be coming our way and and there's also just uh there's also opportunities that untapped are somebody else are going to do, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to open up a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, but there's so many, I mean, there's so many countries, so many different States, so many yeah. different influences in Mexico and on down into the South America and Central America that there's a ton of opportunities uh, to do different things. And you can, it can, and it, and it's not just like I say, you know, nachos and quesadillas. Yeah, 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 yeah. And margaritas. I mean, those. That's just like. I mean, those are things that maybe have gotten so popular that now they show up down there. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know. So, so kind of to gear towards the end here. So, um, if there's like, what advice would you give anyone that's kind of you know, uh, maybe in that pivotal moment of their life that they're like. You know, I don't know what to do or like, I don't like a lot of people say like, I don't know, man, like there's no purpose. Well, uh, you know, I, I was in my thirties still working in insurance. I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I would say that you just find a way to do what you love to do. And then, and then at least you can do that. I always went to the job when I worked in insurance is I said, I did the, I do this to do the things I want to do. To okay. afford the things I want to do, uh, 
you know, I when I got out of college, there wasn't even a job to be had. So, you know, to get a, a job that pays fairly well is a good start anyway. Um, but uh, you just, you know, if I ever lost my job, and if this is advice I would ever, if anyone ever lost their job, it's just to do, it's just to volunteer. Yeah. And just go help people and get outside of your own head. You yeah. Know? And volunteer maybe in an area that interests you, and maybe you find that volunteering in a thing that interests you, or going to work for somebody for free in something that interests you. Yeah. Say politics interests you. I don't know yeah. why that just popped in my head, but you, so you say, hey, can I somehow work at the state capitol for free? I'll sure. help out. I'll do whatever I can, or or I'll work on your campaign, or uh, say art interests you. So we have a really great art center, and they have all sorts of volunteers. So you just work, and then you get to meet people, or go to Moberg Gallery and and meet the guys that run that, and say yeah. I'll do whatever. I'll, yeah. I'll work a party, or and um, just not sitting at home. Uh, you know, wishing that you didn't do the thing you did every day or yeah. wishing that you had a job because those being out with people are the only way. I mean, the old school, you know, old school uh, uh, networking, just meeting people. Yeah. You know, is the is really all you all you can do. And that's really all I do. I'm sitting sure. here right now. Yeah. 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 Like, you didn't have to come. You I, like. <laughs> Who knows what it would be, but it's also – I would say at bare minimum, I always like to talk about what I do um, because it helps me think about what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. why I do. And I think some of the things I came up – talked about today have never said them out loud mm -hmm. uh, that I'll maybe say aloud again. But it, it – uh, that's the thing. It's it's easy to say – It's I, I'm, I'm saying somebody who had to – go to the grocery store and hand things back and say, Oh, I can't afford that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. what, you know, if you're, so you at pay a job, your dues. if you're at a job where you don't like it, then big deal. You know, I yeah. didn't like the job I did in insurance. I hated it. And yeah. I actually started to work into one that I thought I might like. And that's when I got let go. Yeah. I had a choice between the one that had already been tried out or, and, and established, or I could create a new one. It was with the internet and checking out the internet and making sure the internet was being used our, our company's names were being yeah. used correctly and that job was let go. So I also didn't want to be there anymore and it kind of was starting to flag. So, and then I went through a really bad time where I didn't know what I wanted to do and how I was going to get it done. Yeah. So it all didn't happen by that easy, but then I know what I don't want to do and what I do want to do. And over time you start doing a lot less of what you don't want to do. Yeah. But, but in the meantime, you might not have the job you love. You might not have enough money to do what you want to do. You might be stuck, but it, it's, it's I think just a state of mind. Do you think that people think too far ahead instead of, like, thinking of the immediate, like, how about, you well, know, like you said, like, I'm going to go and just volunteer here or I'm just going to ask to tag along here I instead think of thinking, like, I want to be this, and then it I seems think, so far away. I think they think too far ahead, and I think too hard about what other people have. Yeah. You don't know. You can't possibly have what other people have because you can't ever be that person. Yeah. So all you can do is think about what you may want and and have it build to what you want it to be. You know, you you anything worth doing for real doesn't happen overnight. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 and that's the you're people that have problems with that are victims of living in America. We want everything to instant gratification. You know. Yeah. You know, you want you want to pull up to the drive-through at a at a, at a 
fast food restaurant and have them hand the food out before you even said what you wanted. That's how fast you want stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know. So there's a lot of I patience mean, that has to be. You need to, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, if you want to become a black belt in Taekwondo, uh, yeah. it takes four years bare minimum. Constant. And it's, yeah, and it's thousands of hours. So if you want to get to that place, you got to, you got to work towards it. If you want to become a master at anything, it takes yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot put of time. Put in the work. Like envision what you want, but also put in the work. And if you want to master life, I mean, you should just do what you really like. Everyone knows what they really like. If really, if you like watching TV, then maybe that, you know, you should probably not <laughs> do so much watching TV. But, <laughs> but there's got to, there's always things that you like. Yeah. And then you just do that. And if those things turn into something else, you, you you never, I'm never surprised yeah. by what things I was ending a conversation yesterday, um, and maybe I'll, maybe I don't know. This is ended right here, but I was about to end it, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna throw out an idea. So we're talking about the menace. We're talking about different soccer, and there's an opportunity for, um, you know, what's gonna be happening with soccer in Des Moines over the next ten years. I think there's gonna be some real opportunities. Maybe even yeah. the next five years. Yeah. So I thought I'd mention it to the guy. He's my uh -huh. financial planner, but also a business partner of mine. And I mentioned it to him, and he said, well, because it's funny you said that, and I was going to talk to you about this, but there is an opportunity to put together an, an indoor soccer um, complex uh, in an area of town that makes sense. And, and, uh, and they wanted to get with somebody who thought, you know, to have some – ideas of what they wanted to see happen i'm like i can't believe that you're saying that out loud because it dovetails into a whole bunch in fact i'm very excited to go out and talk yeah i'm in the middle of of two things that have i really sincerely don't plan to ever make money at but they may <laughs> may make uh they quite possibly will make uh des moines a soccer destination and yeah. that's what i care about yeah, yeah 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 and to be a part of it is fun to make money at it i don't need to make the money so I'm going to do, I'm sort of doing beyond, you know, you make your money, you do what you love, and then you can actually do some more of that, but you can always do things. Do you find that coincidental? Like, like that, that, you know, like, were you surprised that, oh, you mentioned that because I've had, I have this. Oh, it's interesting, but it was, but it's, uh, no, I, I actually believe that things present themselves more and more, the more you put your, your, your project yourself out into the world yeah it's it's nearly impossible not to be that way i mean because yeah. if you're somebody who's down and out and doesn't want to do stuff well you're not even out and talking and even when you are you're not talking to anyone yeah you're not happy with yourself you don't want to be where you're at you put yourself in the spots you never want to be when you want to be if you but if you put yourself out where you want to be and you think about the things you want to do and where you want to be you end up it's not really so much coincidence it's just um, inevitable yeah 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 that yeah. things pop up you know you say oh i thought about you know when you think oh i thought about that you and then all of a sudden here you are you know i think that there's something actually to that yeah it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not a it's not a you didn't it's trip not a coincidence. Into this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's a little bit to it, especially if you're vibrating at the right energies. I think, yeah. uh, you know, you things like that happen a lot. A lot of good, just like bad things. A lot of bad things happen when a lot of bad things are right, happening. Right, a lot right, of good right. things happen when a lot of good things are happening. And yeah. I think there's something to that. I, yeah. What it is, I don't know. I'll just roll with it, though. Just gotta keep yourself in just that. Gotta be aware of it. In that realm, right? <laughs> well. Yeah. Jeff, man, 
thank you so much. I really appreciate taking your time because, like you said, you you have to be here, and I, I was nervous. I'm like, I'm always nervous before, you know, but then once the conversation gets going, it starts to flow, and uh, I really appreciate you being here, and um, thanks for joining me. All right. Well, thank you. All right, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Well, that was Mr. Jeff Bruning. I want to thank him again. I want to thank Kenji. Thank you again, man. I appreciate your help. And I uh, hope uh, everybody enjoyed it. Look out for more episodes. I have a, uh, I'm talking to very interesting people already. I got some people lined up. And uh, hopefully we'll be releasing uh, other episodes in the very near future. Uh, here, once I think you have three or five, you're able to um, upload them to iTunes. So, um, But right now you can check it out on iCloud. It's free. It's easy to sign up. It's not uh, iCloud, it's SoundCloud. You... <laughs> SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Amherst 37. <laughs> SoundCloud. So check out SoundCloud, right? Just an app? SoundCloud. I just told him about it. He had never heard of it until right now. No, I've heard of it, man. <laughs> but anyways, thank you everybody for uh, sticking around and listening to the conversation. And uh, we'll see you soon.